Coming to you from the Hawk's Nest, here to satisfy your baseball fix. It is Outfielders Anonymous. Well, hello, Outfielders Anonymous fans. Welcome to episode four. We like to call sign stealing. Mm-hmm. Uh, along with the rest of the baseball world, and I would say the sports world, and just the world in general, because this is uh, having conversation in many realms of the area, this episode is going to be dedicated to the uh, recent um, the recent penalty handed down by Major League. We knew the we knew that the investigation had been going on. In, in fact, during our last episode, we knew that it was going on, but nothing had come out, nothing finalized. And now we are sitting here with uh, the announcement being made um, Wednesday or Thursday of last week. And uh, quite frankly, all hell breaking loose um, on this topic. So we are going to talk about it as well. And now that we've had, uh, we've allowed some of the dust to settle, but not all of it has settled. And I'm sure that this is going to continue to haunt the Major League Baseball world through this entire season coming up. Um, Certainly going to haunt the Houston Astros for quite some time. But let's get right into it. Uh, Chase, tell us about the infraction. Tell us about the sign stealing. So it all started with, and and I don't know the exact time that, you know, Houston was starting to have suspicion, you know, around the club and what was going on. But – the gist of it is they installed a camera in left field, left field, center field, and then it was directly aimed at the catcher inside the batter's box, everything where they could very clearly see what signs were being called between the uh, the pitcher and the catcher. So that was a, that was allowing Houston, when somebody went up to the plate, to come up with a system, I guess you could call it, of letting the batter know what pitch was coming next to give them a overwhelming advantage offensively. And um, it, I guess it all kind of started with out being outed by Mike Fires, current pitcher for the Oakland A's, former pitcher for the Houston Astros, Saying what was going on, obviously then an investigation started, and now here we are with managers, general managers uh, being you know, fired, uh, being banned for certain periods of time, and now we're looking at what we don't know yet, what, you know, by what you said about the dust not being completely settled, is we, we don't know what's to come, if anything, for players. So we'll quickly go over the punishment, but there's some other things about the how they got the sign stealing that we'll cover in just a minute. But we know that the punishment, both the general manager, um, Jeff Lunau, mm-hmm. and manager A.J. Hinch were suspended by the league for a year. Mm-hmm. An hour after the announcement, uh, Jim Crane, owner's Astro, comes on for a press conference, fires them both. Yep. Uh, Houston was fined $5 million. They lost their first and second round draft picks in both 2020 and 2021. Yep. Um, and then there's been additional fallout since just the punishment was handed down. Uh, we know that Alex Cora was fired by the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. We know that Carlos Beltran uh, was fired by, he was the brand new manager of the Mets, had not managed a game, had not coached a game 
and got fired. I think it was 66 days, something like that, yep. uh, after he was hired as the manager, now fired. Yep. Uh, now there's an investigation into the Red Sox for the 2018 season. And I guess, you know, going back to um, you know, these managers and, and Alex Cora, you know, Jeff Lunau was the one that authorized a low-level club employee to be to sit in a box one of the one of the camera boxes outside of the Red Sox dugout during the 2018 series that they played in the playoffs and of course they said it was because they feared that the Red Sox were cheating well Cora's the manager of course they're going to think he was cheating because he was with them when they were cheating in 2017. Mm-hmm. So, you know, first off, I, I just want to say, look, whenever anybody accuses you of something, you got to look at them because they're probably doing the same damn thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they always say, you know, the, the the husband or wife that is paranoid that their spouse is cheating on them is probably because they're cheating on their, their spouse. Um, so this was obviously, yes, management. The mm-hmm. executives should have been fired. Um I guess one of the first questions is, should should more players have been fined by the league? We know that Beltran and, and Cora, uh, well, Cora was a uh, bench coach. Beltran was a player during the 2017 season. So yep. he had he has punishment, but not league-handed punishment. Right. Should, should players have been handed punishment? <laughs> I'm looking at this two ways. I'm looking at it from a moral standpoint of, you know, as I would probably with any sport, and then I'm looking at it from a fan-sided perspective. I'm, you know, are the fans getting cheated, whether it be because their organization, who they pull for, was right there in the thick of things and then obviously did not win, and had there not been cheating going on, maybe would they? Would we have a different outcome? Yeah. Um, I think that it's safe to say so Yankees that— Yankees and Dodgers fans are really pissed off right now because those are the last two teams that the Astros beat— in their run to the 2017 World Series. Yes. And now here's the thing. I don't think what people are starting to overlook is that cheating or no cheating, the Astros were still one of the most talented teams out there. Their lineup was virtually unstoppable. But at the same time, so were the Dodgers. So will we have a different outcome? Same thing goes into 2018. Look at the talent that the Red Sox have. Cheating or no cheating – I don't think there's any question whether or not they'd have been in the thick of it. But again, that's that's up to interpretation by whoever wants to say it. Are you are you for them? Are you against them? I guess my thing is looking at it from a moral standpoint. Yeah, I think players should be taking the fall for some of this. But at the same time, who do you find? Is there some that get worse than others? the The problem with this, all in my opinion, is that. I don't think it should have been swept under the rug by any stretch of the imagination, but I think that Major League Baseball should have done a better job in keeping this very close to the vest because now that it is such a public thing, this is not going to stop anytime soon. They're going to start going back and investigating stuff from 30, 40 years ago. I mean, they're already talking, I mean, they're already now looking into the 1988 White Sox. So it's like, where does it end? And are you going to rewrite history or is now the history of the game of baseball and what is written in the history books all just one big joke? So just to put some perspective on this, uh, I took this off of uh, a mutual friend of ours Facebook page. Nonetheless, it's a meme that he posted. Now he, In full disclosure, he is a Yankees fan. 
Um, but we have three players, and we have their home uh, batting average and their away batting average. So uh, Altuve, at home, he's batting 472. He's pummeling the ball. Away, 143. Can't hit the broadside of a barn. Uh, Correa, 371 at home, 211 away. And I think the most drastic here is McCann. Um, hitting 300 at home and .037 away. Mm-hmm. Granted, I get it. Home field advantage, you feel more comfortable in your ballpark, but those are some significant differences between yeah. batting averages. Especially McCann. So <laughs> clearly these players are benefiting from it. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt. And so we have, we have cheating. There's clearly no doubt about it. But the question is, how much, how much would the, the results of any of those been changed? Um, you know, during the steroid scandal, uh, there was talk, and I, I forget who who said it. Obviously, this is we're talking a decade ago, or, or how long or not longer really. than that. You know, yeah, you can be stronger, but you still have to make contact with the ball. It doesn't steroids don't improve your eyesight, so you don't see the ball better. You know, you're stronger. Yep. But we've had other instances of cheating, right? And and later on, we can discuss whether or not the purist in you thinks that baseball is a naturally flawed sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, but how much of the results, like you said, would have been changed? And now that they're investigating 2018, if we think that the, the results would have changed, if the Astros had an overwhelming advantage by, by knowing these signs, and may potentially the 2018 Red Sox had an overwhelming advantage... Because they knew the signs. Do we vacate the championships? Do we take back rings, melt them down, and make silver bullets? And again, there's two arguments to to both sides. I'm going to... I'm going to give you my honest opinion. It's probably not going to be very popular with most people, but I'm going to say, no, you don't vacate the rings. And here's why. Because when you do it to one team, two teams, whatever, what do you do? Do you just write like you did in 94 when they had the strike and just say, no World Series, no winner? Like it never happened. Do you, you can't necessarily say, okay, well, we're going to give it to the Dodgers and present them with rings. What, what does that mean for them? Oh, thanks. We don't get to celebrate a win. We now get rings years later because you screwed up. You can't do that. But if you take away one, now you're going to go back 100 plus years. And say, okay, from the start of where we had championships, how many can we figure out a way to take? Because I can promise you there is some. We don't know them. I'm not saying that they're, that I'm saying specifically any of them. But don't tell me that there's not one. I think that that's obvious. So what are you going to do now? I mean, we, do you asterisk it? You know, that, that was the – I mean, look, all, the, all of Barry Bonds – yeah. All of his records well, are still I've, on the books. I've gone on record for people to say, like, and as I've said, I am a purist of the game. I contradict myself in one way by saying that the steroid era, if you will, part of it saved baseball, in my opinion. Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, that rivalry that year. Not only did you have a, a, a rivalry between the teams, the Cubs and the Cardinals, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, two of the big polarizing guys in the sport at that time, they're chasing the home run title neck and neck all year. King Griffey Jr. was there at the beginning, but then he kind of everybody fell by the wayside and, and they were off just yeah, in their I own lane. Watching. It was, but if you every game to say, is it, here he comes, He's is it, it going to be is it? This, is this going to be it? But if you, 
if you go back and remember the few years leading up to that, attendance was at an all-time low. Viewership was at an all-time low. They were talking about cutting the amount of games. Stadiums were talking about um, revamping stadiums to where they didn't have as many seats available. And they were talking about forfeiting franchises because the money wasn't there. And then all of a sudden, because of that, attendance is at an all-time high, viewership's at an all-time high, and people are intrigued in baseball again. I truly wholeheartedly believe had that not happened, baseball wouldn't be what it is today. And it's still number six in the United States as far as popularity. There are a lot of things in front of it. Let's pretend that never happened. Is baseball even relevant? At I mean, all? Arguably, Cal Ripken's run in you know, 94, 95. Mm-hmm. I think he broke it in 95. Uh, as an Orioles fan, I should know that by heart. But... Um, you know, arguably, that helped save baseball. It did. Because you everybody know, was tuning into that. But they almost screwed themselves that very same year because of the strike. It's yeah. like baseball was so great and at its, it, the best it's ever been, and then they throw a strike in the middle of it, and all that had come great of it went right back to yeah. a lateral move, yeah. which I, I don't know. I mean, as a baseball fan, I'm happy to stare. I, I'm not happy that it happened the way that it did. I wish it could have happened in a more – pure form I guess like people just getting back into it because these guys were hitting home runs and not having an advantage but at the same time I'm gonna give kudos to Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire for for being you know an asterisk in the game to help save the game you know so so we so we've seen that some of those players just those three that we mentioned they clearly bet or you could see that there is a significant difference between home and away. Yes. How much is affected by simply being at home and being a more favorable crowd and your your attitude and everything at home versus away and how that contributes Sleeping to your Sleeping in your own bed. Sleeping in your own bed, not having to travel. Look, there's a lot mixed up in it. So you, th- you do or do not think any players should be punished for this. Yeah, well, like I said, morally, yes, but because of the game, it's like unless you're getting ready to start handing down punishments to every current player that you could find throughout all of baseball and then going back and finding a way to punish any living player, whether they're still playing or not, going back and saying, okay, if we find out that player XYZ who's 78 years old was doing something, what do you do? Are you going to find him? Are you going to do this? I mean, it doesn't matter. Your current, past, present, it doesn't matter. If you're going to do it to one, you're opening up a can of worms you'll never be able to close. Yeah, and I think I, I, I think that just the stigma of being on this team, the 2017. That's the biggest thing. I think that's Astros. punishment enough. And, and, and potentially the 2018 Red Sox. Mm-hmm. Because if they're also under investigation now, and that comes to fruition that they also cheated, there should be punishment there. Yeah, and I think I need to make something clear. When I say that that's punishment enough, I don't mean that in the literal sense as they don't deserve something else. But I, I don't think that the average fan is is looking how deep this is going to go where whether you get punished or not, this is following you forever. During your career, after your career, if they find it to where they're like, we know 100% that Jose Altuve or – Alex Bregman, you cheated. Here's the proof. The world's going to see it. You're a cheater forever. Now, so Carlos Beltran was a player. He has already suffered punishment by being fired from the Mets. Yes. Okay. How long do you think it's going to take 
Okay, so there will be some. Look, if, if any if any of the players from the 2017 squad are retiring this year or next year, and all of a sudden they they could potentially be considered for a manager, I would I would venture to guess for a couple of years they're going to be unhirable. But how long do you think that that cloud sits over? Right? How when is when is and is there a possibility for redemption for Beltran? Probably never, because. He never even made it to manager, truthfully. He got hired. He probably did some paperwork, but he didn't make it to spring training. So you were known as and right but now again, he's but being again, he's a player right in the the Astros. But he was the only player in the documents written up that was like a ringleader. It was Alex Cora. And then, of course, they're also going to blame management and general management. But it was like your ringleader coaching-wise was Cora. And then you have Beltran as your player. Now, Alex Cora is an interesting one because, you know, reading some of the materials, especially like ESPN, he was an ESPN commentator. Uh-huh. Reading, reading the write-up, Alex Cora, players loved him. Everybody loves him. He connects with everybody in the organization. They were saying that, you know, the equipment guys that would just come in and clean up, he knew them by name, and he connected with them. He moved his office to the entrance to the ballpark so that he could say hi to everybody that comes in and out of there. Mm -hmm. He was a beloved guy. Yep. Not even just in the baseball world, like philanthropy and everything. So so he – so outside – setting aside – well, I guess my question is – is there redemption for Alex Cora? Is there a statement that he comes out and, and he says, I completely understand, I was so wrong, blah, 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 and everybody goes, hey, let's give him a second chance. Do I think that Cora will get redemption Is he worth it? Somehow? I mean, it sounds like he, he is the type of guy that's worth it. Truth be told, even just from his baseball knowledge, I think that he's worth it. The problem is, are you ever going to be able to out, you know, to get rid of this cloud around you that's the question right yeah yeah. do i think that he'll get a second chance in baseball yes managing a team like let's say the red Sox, where you may be the most i mean listen i mean honestly if he if he manages his team and all of a sudden they're they're on fire he's gonna get the bats it's always gonna come up right it's gonna well i wonder if they're stealing signs again and that and then you have ownership thinking gosh man there this is all that's in the news we're doing really and the players are going to be pissed off if they're if they're not obviously cheat you know actually cheating they the players are gonna be like dude this is I'm I'm batting my ass off here and everybody thinks it's because you're stealing signs again yep so here's the thing if he ever and I don't think he will I don't think that Alex Cora will ever be the manager of a major league franchise again and if he was so what's in his future do you think because of his baseball knowledge it's something international whether it be going to Puerto Rico and coaching over there, managing over there, or yeah, he being managed a part. the Puerto Rican team, and I think in the world, uh, yeah, in the World Baseball, the Classic. World Baseball Classic. But it would either be something like that, do some form of international scouting, something like that. He, you can't take a baseball guy like that and keep him out of baseball forever. It's just he didn't get a lifetime ban. He's yeah. not going to get one if nobody hasn't gotten one yet. yet. I mean, but let, what I'm saying let, is, let, let's let's just play it forward. And hypothetically speaking, let's say that the investigation into the Red Sox in 2018 shows that they were also stealing signs. The, the, say that again. Now? The Red Sox in 2018 under Alex Cora managing was also stealing signs. I think. Do you think he gets a ban from baseball at that point? They haven't they haven't handed down a ban. Possibly. Yet. Yeah. Here's here's my thing. And people, I had an argument with a guy the other day. Well, a debate. 
he was saying that he believes that Houston was cheating. He believes that Cora was a part of it in some way, but he doesn't believe that the Red Sox were cheating. And I rebuttaled with, I think that it's more obvious that the Red Sox were cheating versus Houston. And now let me follow me on this and tell me what you think about this. Because he completely changed his thought process when I got done saying this. 2017, he's a bench coach of the Houston Astros. One of the most dominant offenses we've seen in recent decades. Okay, They win a World Series. He goes from bench coach to now the newly claimed manager of one of the most storied franchises in all sports. Not just baseball. Red Sox. They go from competitive to almost having the greatest regular season in baseball history. And then they win the World Series. Fast forward to 2019. What player changes did they have in, in that time frame? I mean, my question is, you know. What, from it, 18 to 19? No, no, no. When he, when he takes over in 18, did, you know, could it be related to player changes that they had, lineup changes, you know? There were some contract extensions, but you had Mookie Betts prior to it. You had Jackie Bradley Jr. You had David Price. You had Christopher Sale. Or just you his had... persona. We just talked about how much of a nice guy he's. A, he's yeah. a he's a he's a player's coach. But follow me on this. So let's take that that 2018. They win the World Series. Have one of the greatest seasons in baseball history. Almost had on record the greatest regular season in the history of the game. 2019, the Red Sox have one of the worst seasons in recent history since they broke the curse with the same players, with the same management staff, with the same talent. You know, the only so-called injury you could is Pejoria coming down at the very beginning of the season to rehab for a week in single-A ball. Mm -hmm. He comes back. Christopher Sale still on and the mound. And he did nothing while he was here. No. <laughs> because we went to the games. Yeah, I mean, he hit a double. <laughs> yeah. You have the same team, and they said, oh, World Series hangover regression. You don't have that type of regression from going from the greatest season ever to one of the worst seasons. You just don't have that much regression. So I told him, I said, think about this for a second. But why would what, – what would have happened? I mean, the investigation for this sign-stealing started – the accusation twenty nineteen, right? It so early two thousand and nineteen accusations were made well before it came out to the public. Well, I get well in in reality though, there there started to be rumblings about something in twenty eighteen. Correct. We already talked about during the Astros and the Red Sox, and the Astros had put that that low level employee. Uh, in the video, in like the camera yep. box next to their dugout, filming the Red Sox complained about it. At that point, there was probably some talk, and who knows? Maybe Alex Cora thought, "Man, it's, bingo!" That's exactly what I said. I said he goes, hot. The it gets hot. Around. We got to stop. <laughs> and then his argument was, "Well, if they were really that good, they'd still be that good." I said, "No, no, 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 no." I said, "You're you're talented, but if you go," I said, "Baseball is a." 162 game scouting report. I said, you're a batter. You're scouting pitchers every day you step up to the plate. So that way, when you come back around and see him again, you know his mannerisms. You know, you know, does do I need to crowd the plate? Does that give me an advantage? That's your job as a player. So just like stealing signs is a part of the game, you just can't do it with electronics. You have to do it with your mind. Let your shortstop and your second baseman try to figure it out and feed you the information in the dugout. But... 
in 2019, these guys had spent an entire season going, Psh, I ain't going to do nothing. I'll just wait for you to tell me yeah, what's coming. I don't have to understand and now is. all of a sudden, they've gotten so complacent. They're like, shit, we got to figure this all out over again. Yeah. And it catches up to and it, them. And it's one of those skills that if you don't use it, you'll lose it, right? So they yeah. spent an entire season. And then he goes, um, well, you know what? That makes the most sense yeah, of anything. He, no. he said, they had to relearn how to be superstars again. Yeah. And it just doesn't happen in two weeks. Yeah. So there you go, terrible 2019 season. And if you notice last year, if you notice in Houston, you can watch a lot of games where Cora and Beltran were in and out of that dugout a lot, going back to the locker room, wherever they go. Alex Cora stood in the line of the camera for nine innings every game with an iPad in hand. He wanted to make sure that no one could say, where's he sneaking off to? What's he doing? He wanted to be in sight. Visible. Bingo. I think yeah. that, truth be told, I was always an Alex Cora supporter. I'm not saying that I, I hope that he never comes back to baseball, but I truly, truly, 100% wholeheartedly believe that the ringleaders were him and Beltran. Yeah, and, and going back to it, so we're going we're gonna to give some shout-outs here because, well, nobody cares about us. ESPN's already done this. Uh, there was a Twitter user. Uh, a fellow named Jimmy O'Brien. Jimmy, great job on this. His Twitter handle is at Jomboy, J-O-M-B-O-Y underscore, at Jomboy underscore, who I guess started doing some some sleuthing on his own, some Sherlock Holmes action, right? And then goes and posted on Twitter, um, I guess Friday, Saturday. Now, this is Monday. Um, well, I'm sorry, this is Sunday right now. And already he already his, his Twitter account has exploded. Mm-hmm. So he posted footage. And sound footage of trash cans being hit by some object. Bat. By a bat. Mm-hmm. During off-speed pitches. So fastballs, there was no noise. But every time there was a changeup or some, uh, some something uh, off-speed. Uh, something off-speed, you hear a noise in the background. And sometimes it's one bang, sometimes it's two bangs. That probably denotes it's going to be a changeup, it's going to be a curve, slider, whatever it may be. Yep. Um and and I and I'm saying and 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 I want to just put this in there is because some you know I've been asked this before they're like well why would a player want to know about something off speed per se versus a fastball unless it was a changeup or a curveball they said a curveball we can understand because you want to know is it going to break left is it going to break right but if it's just a changeup a lot of these well, players that's your, that's your timing of bingo the swing. Yeah. and the thing is fastballs for natural you know, for the God-given talent side of it, fastballs are what you 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 have the yeah. ability to do. You have to learn how to hit off speed. But when you make contact, you'll always hit off speed with a lot more velocity and power than you will something coming at you 98 down the middle. But the 98 mile, just because of physics, that 98 mile an hour ball comes off the bat. Correct, but now if you want to talk about saying, okay, 98 down the middle versus 79 and slightly breaking low and right, what are the odds of it leaving the ballpark? Well, if you're a power hitter, per se, you want to make contact with that off-speed pitch. reason that you don't see the off-speed pitches get hit as much out of the park as the home, you know, as the fastballs, because the fastballs are what you can usually right. spot. Yeah. So I just wanted to put that out there because I had somebody ask me about it the other day. So, so Jimmy O'Brien, John Boyd posts this out there. Now, 
obviously, this is such a big story. One article that I read said it was the biggest scandal in baseball since the Black Sox yep. scandal in 1919, <laughs> throwing the World Series. Um, so, I'm, and now we have all this technology. I mean, every single internet user that has a Twitter account and can go f- pull up some footage on YouTube can start looking for these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were, there's people, <clears throat> excuse me, there's people saying that they had electronic sensors or buzzers almost know, like a little wrist. yeah that would that they could like a little tase yeah like a little tase like you know if you get one zap it's gonna be a change up two zaps gonna be you know slider no zaps fastball mm-hmm. um but then there was another twitter user uh 17 year old guy harrison miller and his is at yankee report underscore so he posts a picture that's going down the stairwell from the from the Astros dugout, and there's a video table set up there with monitors and all that. Now, I believe that every single team has this anyway, because you were saying earlier that that's their replay, yep. uh, that's their you know when they want to challenge something, so on and mm-hmm. so forth. They need to have that footage. What differs is that the Astros had that illicit camera in center field, also going to that. It's it's kind of it's hidden in plain sight. It, yep. it very well. Is. And the and the another thing that I um, uh, it was a radio broadcaster brought up this a really good point because somebody made the argument with him that was like, well, teams can be doing this. Why would they do it in their own ballpark when you could have somebody sitting outside the country per se that has access to the camera and can be feeding information through something else? And the point that he made was. There's a delay unless you're there. Exactly. He said, TV, there's usually a 15-second delay. He said, even radio, there doesn't have to be a delay, but there is because of language, something they have to be able to cut out. There's a 10-second window. Yep. He said, that camera there with a button in hand is the only way to get – It's real time. And that's why you can say, okay, they just threw a pitch. He threw it back. We've got – Six seconds, let's say. It's a made-up time, but you've got six seconds to relay something you know, from what they did last time. And then when the catcher calls that sign, it's on average two seconds before the ball leaves the pitcher's hands. Well, if you're doing it via some other source and they're not inside that ballpark, they're late. Yeah, you're not going to get it in time. It has to be there. Yeah. Okay, so, well, we've covered a lot, right? We've, we've talked about how it's been happening, uh, some of the footage now, which is very interesting. We're going to tag uh, at John Boy and at Yankee Report in this. Um, and i say another thing because you brought up video footage. I think one, some of the most damning evidence that I don't know if I believe the whole wearing a wire thing. I don't know because it has not been truly proven yet. Yeah, there was I, – I read something that somebody was, uh, you know, the – the conspiracy was um, Altuve didn't want his shirt taken off. And, and I think that I've did, made it public. Maybe he had a wire on because of that. I think I've made it public. I know that you and I have talked about it. I'm not a Jose Altuve fan. I, I'm not. I don't like – I think that he's – I guess I don't like his attitude. I think that he's way too full of himself. I think that he's very disrespectful in a lot of ways. So I think that I've made it public that I am not a fan of him. I am a fan of Alex Bregman. At least till this point. Now, if he was wearing one of those, my whole attitude about Bregman changes forever. But when he said that as cocky and as arrogant as Jose Altuve has always been, and he's had his jersey ripped off plenty of times, that now when you have a walk-off that's sending you to the World Series, oh, my wife didn't like the fact that I had my jersey ripped off the last time. 
excuse my French, bullshit. And then, not only do you not have it ripped off, you make it blatant. Like, there's, you know, he's covering up and he's doing this, waving his finger. No, 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 no. It's telling him. It's a reminder. Then you go into the dugout to change your shirt into the victory celebration T-shirt instead of with every other player changing right there on the field or putting it over their jersey or doing whatever. You're the one that had to walk away. I'm sorry. I'm not accusing you, Jose. But if there, if that ain't damning evidence, I don't know yeah. what is. It's certainly circumstantial evidence that points to guilt. Yes, absolutely. So I want to I want to cover a couple other things. I want to talk about. Um, well, we talked about Alex Cora. Actually, we talked about the the. I want to know what your opinion on uh, Jeff Lunau and AJ Henchar. In the press conference, um, Jim Crane. Uh, did did say that he spoke with both of them mm-hmm. at that point, right? And uh, apparently Jeff Lunau was traveling or something, so it was a very short conversation. They were going to be catching up after Lunau landed or got done with his travel. I guess A.J. Hinch was extremely upset about this. Yes, because, well, and again. You know, I mean, uh, these are, it sounds as though he was more of an unwilling participant that turned a blind eye to it. After a certain, well, from what the reports say, and this was in the report, that I don't know how long it took AJ to figure it out. I don't know if it was right when it started. I don't know if it was a month in. I don't know if it was halfway through the season. I don't know that, and neither do any of us. And nobody will probably ever know except the people involved. Yeah. Not even the owner. But it was in the, the report. I'm sure there'll be some tell all stuff. In five to ten years, yeah, there will there'll be a tell-all. There'll, there'll be something. Somebody's going to make some money off of telling the story. Oh, yeah. there's our, They're already making a movie about it. But it was in the report that on two different occasions, he's like, we're done. We're putting a stop to this. And physically broke the TV monitor. And he said, we're done. We're done. But then again, I think what, you know, because somebody made the argument to me the other day. They're like, well, he's the manager. If he says it's done, it's done. Why didn't it stop? And I'm like, that's not true. The manager is only there to say, here's the team you've placed me with. Here's who we're playing. Here's my lineup. And I'll make decisions on the field as far as what goes on during the game. Uh, and a lot of people don't realize this is Jeff Lunau, he runs that team. He he builds the team. He places the team there for he put the low-level staffer in the in the box. Bingo! It's him. He is, he is the highest. I mean, he's the highest regarded person in any franchise. The general manager, second to the owner. Even your president and, and, and CEOs, they have nothing to do with the team a lot and of times. Outside of this, Lunau was looked at as a managerial god. Yeah, because he turned that franchise around for five years. And I do through think the transition from the National League back to the American League, and I do think that he is very good at what he does, despite the the stealing of the signs. I don't think that changes the fact that he's a great general manager that can do worlds for a franchise. But now. Inside the baseball industry, and I know this from just this year's winter meetings before all of this really got heated, he's not very well liked inside the baseball community. But A.J. Hinch is very well liked. Like, he is a... So, basically, you think Lunau's done. I don't know that he... But Hinch has a future once the dust settles, another franchise. Because he wasn't the ringleader. He didn't start it. He figured it out later. Yes, he failed in his responsibility to stop it and report it. Yep. But 
you know, he's an, he, I guess he's an accessory after the fact. He's not the actual murderer. You're guilty by association, but then you're also guilty because you could have put a stop to it. And he could have. I mean, he, look, outside of, outside of Alex, uh, or outside of uh, um, Jeff, he was the next I guess, guy in you know, we've, we've never been in this position, and I doubt we ever will be. So we, I don't know what we would do in the heat of the moment. But in, in, in my it, eyes looking at it, it's like if you found it out, and we'll be hypothetical for a second. Let's say that he found it out in, you know, mid-July. He finds it out. He breaks the monitor right there. He should have gotten Jeff and the ownership group in a room and said, look, this is what's going on. I will not be a part of it. But I can promise you that my lips are sealed if this stops right now. Right. Now, let's say it still comes out down the road because of Mike Fires or whatever. AJ would still have a job. Do you think that Jim Crane had any knowledge of this at all? No, I really don't. I think, truth be told, I well, I mean, owners are generally pretty far removed from he. And see, that's that the only question because he was a fairly hands-on owner, but I don't think that it was to the degree of like Tom Ricketts when he took over the Cubs, right? Because Tom Ricketts was. Like, he had to convince his dad to buy this team. He's like, I can turn this team around. I will get the pieces in place. And until we win a championship, I'm, it's all hands on deck. For him, I don't know that it's that in detail. Do I? Truth be told, if, if I had to take $100 out of my pocket and bet one way or the other, I would say he didn't know about it until I would say someone else found out before he did. Yeah. As all this stuff started to come out, I think that people knew about this long before we did. I think that – I do think that he was unaware. All right. All right, well, now's a good time to take a quick break. Uh, this episode four of Outfielders Anonymous is brought to you by ChaseWins.com. Here is a word from your sponsor. Do you love sports? Do you love making money? How about making money on sports? If you are looking to make consistent profits in the world of sports gambling, sports betting, sports investing, however you would like to word it, go to chasewins.com, your headline sponsor for this episode of Outfielders Anonymous. And if you'd like to give us a try, use coupon code CHASE54, C-H-A-S-E, and the number 54. That is in honor of the upcoming Super Bowl, Super Bowl 54. That will give you 25% off anything at the site. Expert knowledge and proven statistics, everything rolled into one to ensure that you have profitable and long-term success in your journey with sports investing. Again, go to chasewins.com, and if interested, use the coupon code CHASE54. Again, that's CHASE, C-H-A-S-E, and the number 54 for 25% off any package that you want to. If you want to start small, do so. If you've already been with us before and you want to get on something more long term there's no better time than now to take advantage of the discount this coupon code will be valid through super bowl sunday again that is chasewins.com all right welcome back outfielders anonymous fans um okay so we've talked ad nauseum about what is currently transpiring uh, and we've talked about potential, the, the short-term uh, impact on a lot of these players, whether it's already happened or what we think, you know, some players will be looked at, managerial positions. But, you know, we have, we, we've seen it in the past, but there are future Hall of Famers here. 
sitting on both the the Astros and the Red Sox oh, that yeah. were playing. Absolutely. What impact do you think that this scandal will have on there are young players on these on these squads that have 10 more years in the league could have a, a, an even brighter future. Does this taint their admission into the Hall of Fame? Again, um, I'm going to say yes because again, we don't know what's going to come of this. We don't know if there's going to be you know player discipline. As of right now, there's not. <clears throat> They're saying that there's not going to be. My fear is though that this can of worms that has already been opened, there'll be another one opened, and the second you hand down discipline to any player. Well, now you've just opened up something that can but never be closed. not necessarily discipline, right? So if, even if they don't get disciplined, you know, the, I would presume, A, it's not going to be like one one color paints every every canvas here because you have players at different points in their careers on both of these squads. Right. And, you know, very young players that go on for another 10 years have still more outstanding seasons, maybe win more World Series. This is going to be the beginning of their career. So maybe, just maybe – this cloud doesn't hang over them, and they're elected into the Hall of Fame. If you're in, if you're retiring in the next couple of years, and you were on these squads, and you had those caliber careers, I mean, Carlos Beltran, right? Mm-hmm. Jose McCann. Altuve, McCann, McCann. I mean, are, are do you think that first ballot? I would say no, no way. I would say well, I mean, you talk about somebody like Mookie Betts, somebody that is one of the most stud players in the game. There's no question in my mind that when the time comes for Mookie, he would have been a first ballot Hall of Famer. If there's any discipline to him, which I don't think there will be, nor do I think that, and again, we don't know these people personally to say they are or not, right. but he would be somebody like him, Jackie Bradley Jr., you know, those people would be the farthest thing from my mind ever when it came to doing wrongdoing within the game. I don't know. I don't, I, you know, if, if discipline or no discipline, the Hall of Fame is not regulated by Major League Baseball. If Major League Baseball tomorrow lifted the ban on anybody that they've had, like Pete Rose or somebody like saying, hey, you have a lifetime ban, we're lifting it. The Hall of Fame still makes a decision as to whether or not they would let somebody like that in. Yeah, and that's the sports writers. Right. So I guess the question is, how long are the memories of sports writers? <sighs> the, and and does and do younger, up-and-coming sports writers that will be voting in a decade on Hall of Fame, and the older writers have died off or retired, they're not, well, I guess, once even... Even if they're retired, they probably still vote just because they have a life, lifetime vote. I but. think the good thing is now that the the newer generation, we're living in a completely different culture than we were in the days of Sheila Joe Jackson. or I mean, even the time of the Big Red Machine, the Reds, Johnny Bench, Pete Rose, all those guys. I think we're a lot more open and accepting to certain things because of the culture and society that we live in. So I, I think that, yes, that will play a big part in it. But again... It's all going to come down to what they find. I mean, because if you find something detrimental enough to the integrity of the game of baseball, then the Writers Association will inevitably come down harder on you than baseball will. But but you you brought him up, Pete Rose. Yep. Pete Rose wasn't cheating. No. He was he was betting on his own team to win. Right. And simply that fact. Mm. 
<clears throat> he's been banned for life. Yep. In my opinion, and I'm, I know in your opinion as well, completely uncalled for. Yep. He, he, that ban should have been lifted a long time ago for Pete. Now, what, now what I'll say for this is, again, I, and, but I guess— But these guys were cheating. Oh, yeah. Like, cheating. Red-handed, you're cheating. You are changing the outcome of the game in some degree. Yep. And, and for that, I would say that there's no more— I'll use the how, word. how can Alex Cora, being the bench coach and apparently the mastermind behind this entire thing, how can he not be banned from baseball for life? That, that would be my question because if, they, if there's re- truth be told, him, okay, if it really is Cora and Beltran, they're the masterminds behind it. If I had the decision up to me right now, you're banned for life, goodbye. Bye. See ya. If you, if you want to go to Japan and do something – more power to you. We can't control that. That is not Major League Baseball. But you are banned from Major League Baseball for life. And I'll tell you this. You wouldn't have to convince the Writers Association of that. Because even getting a one-year suspension, mm, you may not get in because of that now. Just because of how harsh they are. And a lot of them are still... I don't understand how they didn't... Alex Cora was... Why, why haven't they? Why hasn't the league... They, they got... Um, uh, AJ Hinch and Lunau. Well, that was where the investigation started. So right now, the whole Red Sox thing is just starting. But Cora was on the 2017 squad. Like, right. why, why didn't he receive? Or did they not hand down punishment because the Red Sox investigation may correct? May they're, add. They're going to do it. that investigation first, and then once that is done, because he was affiliated in both. I don't think they're going to give him. I am him. so glad I'm not Alex Cora right now. He yeah, I don't had, think I mean, that he's going to get I'd two different punishments <laughs> and say, okay, well, we're going to give you one year for Houston and then here for this. They're going to say, we're going to complete our entire investigation, yeah. and when that's over, we will let you know what your fate is. Yeah. So I mean, the the smart money goes on lifetime ban for Alex Cora. I yep. mean, that, that just sounds like what it is. And that's a shame because, as we already said, he is a very well-liked guy. He's a player's coach. He's a very know. good baseball guy. I yeah, mean, and what what a shame for for this. But you talk like we just greediness. brought up Pete Rose, and again, you know, somebody might not want to hear my opinion on it because I am involved in the sports gambling world. I do it for a living, and baseball is my primary. That's what I became known for was, you know, my knowledge of baseball and how I could, you know, predict the outcomes of those based on my knowledge. So. Of course, I'm not going to agree with what, you know, the fate of Pete Rose was. But at the same time, I don't want to believe that Shoeless Joe Jackson threw the World Series. And it's hard to believe that he did batting 375 in the World Series. Yeah. That doesn't sound like somebody is throwing anything to me. No. But then you bring up the fact that, well, in game one, he struck out four times. His home run came in game seven during garbage time where it didn't mean anything. Listen, it's, that was 1919. I don't personally know anybody that could tell me, yep, I talked to Joe. He didn't do it. Yeah. It was 1919. Yeah. I think that was the year, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Okay. It was the 1919 World Series, yeah. But let's say he did because it was put out there that he did accept $5,000 to throw it. But then the other argument is he took the money, but he didn't throw anything. Right. He took your money. Yeah, because I think that there was there – was, um, as I've read about the history of it, and living here in Greenville, when I moved here, you were you were born and raised here. When I moved here and first went to the drive game and saw Chulis Joe Jackson's house, that was the first time I realized he was from here. 
Then I started reading about it, and he was, I guess, a reluctant participant. And whoever was whoever was the mastermind behind it, probably the mob or something like that. Yeah, it, well, mob mafia. What, right. I don't know which but one. But they were pissed off because he was actually doing better than he should have been doing if he was throwing it. Yep, and and according to sources that. And again, I don't know how credible these sources are because they're all dead. Yeah. But <laughs> it's 100 years ago. Right. So, but from certain sources that took the side of Joe and said that not only did he not throw it, but he took the money, he let the. And it was the mob and mafia. I mean, he told you don't them take the money, their, you're going to die. Yeah. But he told them straight up, I guess whoever the ringleader was that was orchestrating the whole thing between the players and then, you know, obviously being the middleman, yeah. he said, I'm not doing it. Here's your money back. They wouldn't take the money back, you know, strong arm him, and he still didn't do it. Yeah. Now, again, let's say, for, for instance, he did do it because he still got banned. He took the money. So let's say he did do it. You were paid gambling-affiliated, non-gambling-affiliated, whatever. You were paid by a gam like a – criminal enterprise for gambling to throw something to change the outcome of something when you were favored to win the world series pete rose bet on his own team to, to win. win that changes nothing that just me but now again i agree with the discipline of pete rose to a certain extent not lifetime i agree with him getting a disciplinary action taken against him because it was clearly in the laws of Major League Baseball, right? Gambling is not accepted, no matter what it is. Now, was it gambling just on baseball, or was it gambling? Gambling. In well, I don't know if it was gambling per se. I mean, but could he sports have bet on gambling, some baseball or? gambling. It is not allowed. Right. You cannot do anything to damage the integrity of this game. Yeah, and I mean, why people would you know why bookies would take the bets anyway? Because it's almost like insider trading. I mean, you it know, is. if I have my ear to the, if I'm a corporate CEO in New York and I ha am in contact with these other CEOs, I think that's another thing. I because may be able to know when, how to trade their stock. When he was betting on his team to win, he was doing it illegally. He was not doing it in Nevada. Right. He was doing it with a underground bookie. Yeah. So that's another thing. Right. But now. Manfred still doesn't want to lift the ban on Pete Rose because it was the reason that it's he has not changed. He's the best hitter the game's ever seen. Mr. Baseball. But the reason that Pete Rose was not granted the appeal to have the ban lifted was because he signed a piece of paper back in, what year was it the ban came? Oh. 89? Yeah, it was something like late that. 80s. So when he signed it, it was you would be able to, to apply for reinstatement after one year, but you agreed to change the course of your life, which means clean your act up, no more gambling, stuff like that. He didn't do so. He moved to Vegas. He's betting legally. He does it on baseball. He does it on horses. He does it on football. That's who he is. What he likes. And, and now nationwide, it's legal. Sports betting is legal. Not only is it legal, but now Major League Baseball is accepting to it, just like the NBA started years back. You can live bet starting in 2020. You can go to any major league ballpark under apps that they have that teams own to live bet the game you are watching to keep fans intrigued in the game. So not only are they accepting of it now, they're a part of gambling. So why do you not lift the ban on Pete it's Rose? It's so hypocritical. It is. That is exactly what it is. Now, even though Pete Rose did wrong then, 
because he was affiliated in illegal gambling that had to do with baseball, and it was against the law of baseball. Okay, I get it. But obviously the laws of baseball have now changed because you're accepting of gambling, you're promoting gambling, you're a part of gambling. Pete Rose, ban should be null and void at that point. You change your, your rules, that ban is no longer acceptable. In my opinion, the Hall of Fame but, can still but, do whatever they want to do. But to play devil's advocate, and this is—I don't disagree with you. All I'm saying is, in our society, that—that that is even how like laws work. So if you were to be, you know, if you were to be busted, you know, whatever, you lived in Colorado in the '80s and you got busted with 50 pounds of marijuana. Yeah, I'm still in jail. You're still in jail, right? Even though it's legal there, you're still in jail, right? But what I'm saying is now. If he wanted to apply for reinstatement now, like an appeal, how can you deny it now when you are when the sport itself is more accepting and in profiting, making money off of <laughs> promoting it? We want you to come yeah, and, gamble, and, and they're not directly profiting off of it, but they're indirectly because of the fan engagement. Yep, and then not only that, now they say, okay. It's still in the laws of the MLB that no player, manager, anybody associated with the game can do so. I get it, but Pete Rose isn't that. So, so that further goes back to the Alex Cora and the future of these other players because the actions that the Astros did and perhaps the Red Sox did changed the course of other players that faced them. Yep. If you're a pitcher and you get called up and you face the Astros in Houston – and they shell you. You're dropping back down. I don't have any instances off the top of my head or, or examples or players that that may have happened to. But assuredly, during the 2017 season, non-Astro players' careers and pocketbooks were affected based off of that. They and Major League Baseball profited off of that yep. because... All of the Astros jerseys that were sold. And everybody wants to see the long ball. They were hitting more home runs that year than any TV other year. ratings. Yep. Yeah. I mean, everybody's tuned. I don't know what the ratings were for that compared to other World Series, but Major League Baseball profited from that. Besides the Cubs World Series in 16 and besides in 2000 and what, three, four, when they broke the curse? Oh, the those, Red Sox, yeah. Yeah, that was the highest I think. World Series ratings yeah. that we've had in recent memory. So, but it's like what you just said. If you're going to start handing out discipline to players, there's no way that you can 100% prove every player did it, but you can't 100% disprove that every player and did it. And did they actually benefit from it? I gave a couple examples earlier, but, you know, when just like the steroids thing, you still got to make contact with the ball. Right. Yeah, you may know what pitch is coming. You may know it's a fastball. But if that pitcher gets, you know, one or two more, you know, mile an hour MPHs on top of it and you're slightly behind, you don't make connect. Yeah, you knew a fastball was coming. You know, Armando yeah. Benitez back with the Orioles, man, he was throwing 105 miles an hour. Yeah. Look. Well, and see, that was the thing. Like, Jose Altuve hit one off Geraldus Chapman that home run. The guy that pitches 103 miles an hour. Yeah. He's so, still got a big contact with the ball. Right. But, like, like, what we talked about is, like, okay, what – are you going to discipline players? Should they? Should they not? My fear is that if they start doing it, let's say they start with the Houston Astros and they say, okay, we cannot 100% prove that all of you had something to do with this or all of you participated or all of you uh, took part in it. 
but we also can't 100% disprove it. You know why? Guilty by association. Yeah. Now, let's say, for instance, because I know we could go back and find one where the Astros are 15 games ahead of everyone else in the AL West. Playoffs have been locked in. Home field's been locked in. They don't have to worry about anything. So now they start shuffling through a couple of AAA guys. Hey, come on up. We want to get you. We're going to get you some swings tonight, put you in the lineup, see what you can do. We may use you in the you know postseason. You know, be invited. Did they give them signs? Bingo. So now what if you got a guy that was there for a game, two games, three games, didn't know anything about it because like we're not going to tell this guy because he's not a part of us yet. He's not a part of our group yet. He's still a minor leaguer. But you can't 100% disprove it. You just ruined this kid's career. Well, can't you go back and listen to some uh, uh, trash can bangs or something? I don't know. What happens? Uh, so this, uh, this, this kind of brings us full circle here. What happens to Mike Fires? He's the whistleblower. Some would say a snitch, right? There are other players that obviously know, have knowledge of this. There are, there are potentially players on the Red Sox that have knowledge of this. Um, does it, there, there are two sides to this. One is, is your punishment going to be harsher? I almost feel like that's what Manfred should come out and say. If you have knowledge of cheating going on, your punishment is going to be harder than people that did not know. So now's the time to fess up folks. Well, I think they already gave them that opportunity. So I think that now it's like, but if we find out flip side of that now, Mike Fires is seen as a snitch by his fellow players. Well, and again, that brings up two and, things. And, and, he, and he, he said it now because he's still an American League pitcher. So yeah, he and has he got to rocked by the Astros. So there, there's two ways that I think about this. Number one, I hate that he brought it out to the public because I feel like it's given a black eye that baseball just can't afford to have. That's number one. That's looking at it from a fan standpoint, looking 10 years down the road of what is this going to do? What is right now going to affect our game 10 years from now? Are we going to rewrite history all over again? Number two, I'm glad that he came forward because I don't want people like that in the game. If it is Jose Altuve, if it is Cora, if it is Beltran, if it is uh, Alex Bregman, if it is these guys, bye. I don't want you. I want you to be outed. But at the same time, if we we're, we've both been locker room guys before, I don't know that if I was in Oakland, who actually had nothing to do with it, been in Oakland my whole career. Here comes Mike Fires. We're you know we're close. We're doing this. We're helping each other out. Then he outs Houston and goes, "Well, shit, I don't want nothing to do with this guy. Like I'm not cheating, but, but it's like if I blow my nose wrong and he gets mad at me, if yeah, he but leaves, my, yeah, but hold on, Mike Fires didn't go out there and start discussing people's you know players cheating on their wives. And no, stuff. no, no, he. This didn't. was a this was one instance. Yep, and it, and that's what I'm saying. I'm glad he and a outed big him. item. I mean, I don't necessarily know that I would look at Mike Fires, you know, as a non-cheater and say I don't trust the guy. No, I think In that, fact, if I were an honest guy, I would probably trust him more because yeah. now granted, look, he didn't he didn't raise the flag when he was with the team. Bingo. That's why I have no respect he for the He was opportunist that, in that in that aspect. That's what I don't think. I'm glad he outed him. But if you really want to be a stand-up guy like, "Oh, I'm the you know, take the moral high road here." You should have done it while you were there. Yeah, and you don't could, and you could have been a silent whistleblower. Yeah, don't right? don't bring it out. Just say, listen, this is what's going on. I don't want to be involved. I'm just letting an you know. An anonymous letter there to Manfred would have The FBI just fine. takes anonymous tips. Yeah. I'm sure that they would too. Go to general management, ownership, whatever, and say, This is going on. Don't ask me about it. 
I'm letting you know, do what you will with it. I don't want my name brought up. I don't want to do this. Don't wait until you get a World Series ring, leave the team, and then that team decides <laughs> to, I mean, just absolutely rail you one night and then go, I'm telling. Yeah. Yeah, that's, in my opinion, I'm sorry. That is a sissy move. You should have said it then. But no, you, you got your ring, you got your contract, and you got rocked. Now you want to tattle. I have no respect for that aspect of okay. it. Okay. I uh, look. That's a that's a great place to kind of wrap this wrap this up. I will say I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this up uh, in our closing, and and we can we can debate this. But Jason is the baseball purist. He likes to call himself, and from what I'm seeing, baseball is a cheat heavy sport. Oh, absolutely. Okay, it always has. We been. have. Uh, doctored balls at one point in the past. They have, we have corked bats. Mm-hmm. Um, there are scouting issues in international scouting. Steroids have gone into it. Now we have sign stealing. We have the 1919 World Series being thrown. You don't see these types of scandals in other sports. You just don't. Well, what is it about baseball and the pure game that leads them to cheat as much as they do? Look, every sport is going to look for an advantage to win because of the money involved. Yep. We have industries, the sports industry, the professional sports industry is so profitable that it behooves, we just talked about it, this cheating the the hitting that the Astros the display of hitting that the Astros were doing that season sold tickets to games royalties were going to the major league baseball ratings tv ratings everything major league baseball is profiting off of this follow the money every single time but you have the same thing you have money in other sports look NFL is more profitable than the major leagues right yeah absolutely now with with aside from you know the spy gate and deflate gate and all these other things, you know that's a whole lot different. Yeah, you may be able to see see, some, but you still need eleven guys on your team to stop that play, even though you may know what that play is. Exactly. Well, um, and it's like Will Kane said it. I don't know if anybody knows who that is, but Will Kane um, is this a flawed sport in general? Yeah, absolutely. I think every sport's flawed. I think but, every but you can't say that in this instance. There, there's way too well, much no, it's allowance like, for cheating. There, well, when I say allowance, it seems that there's more probability of cheating in baseball. Well, it's like it's like I was telling a guy the other day. Because I mean, what's he, the next cheating thing they're going to do? You know what's going to happen in ten years? We're going to come. There's going to be something else. So Will Kane said to somebody he had, and I can't remember the woman's name. She's another ESPN analyst because she is, I think, originally from Illinois. She was a Cubs fan, and she was. He brought up something where she was making a comment about what's going on here. And he said, look at it from the perspective of what if it was the Cubs in 16? And, of course, she kind of flew off the Richter there like, no way, not happening. And I get that. But he goes, if you really want to think about it, this is the most Major League Baseball has been talked about since it was banned in 94. He goes, name any other year that in – January, we're talking about baseball on morning radio. In the middle of the football playoffs. Bingo. Middle of national championship college football, NFL playoffs, uh, LeBron and AD in basketball, uh, number ones getting upset in, in college basketball. He said, but we're talking about Major League Baseball. He goes, 
in a bad way, it's good for the sport. Well, look, they say they, you know, in Hollywood, they say uh, all publicity is good publicity. Right. I hate bad. that this is the publicity it's getting because, again, we know that baseball is a very pure game that is now an unpure sport because cheating is going to happen wherever you go. And it's like people within baseball have said, sign stealing has been around since the ages. It's a part of what baseball players do. But it's using the electronics. It Bingo. Like nobody technology. would tell you, like if you went into an organization right now and you said, listen, I've been playing second base for the Seattle Mariners and I know for a fact that when we play Anaheim this weekend and, you know, whoever's on the mound, I know what the signs are. Use them to your advantage. Good for you. You did it. It was your shortstop or second baseman who had a clear line of sight. He figured it out. Good for you. It's part of it. Don't use Apple watches. Don't use cameras. Don't use video monitors. Don't use tasers. <laughs> don't bang on anything. You can't do that. Yeah. You have to be able to use your eyes. And guess what? Call it cheating if you want to. It's part of the game. Just like if you are standing on the sidelines of a football game and you notice that so-and-so on the other side has you know, mannerisms and he kind of gave himself away, well, if you figure it out, don't think you're not going to go tell your head coach, hey, when he holds up that, they're blitzing. Yeah. You, you will. That's your job. Figure it out. Do it without using electronics. And no, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Don't set up cameras and, and look at their sidelines. Don't, exactly. don't set up cameras and look at the, the sidelines. I still don't know how I feel about that. because And it's like, okay, let's say they did do it. The Bengals? <laughs> now we're on the NFL. I guess, I guess the closing point is anytime that you have as much money as, as there is in professional sports, you're going to – and – the competitive fire in players when to it's always for profit, win. it can never be pure. And each of those individual players can also profit personally off of better performance, especially in baseball, right? Yep. Um, you know, football's a little bit harder. You know, 11 guys at one time on either side playing, 22 guys on the field, boom, there's a lot. When you're up at bat, it's you and the pitcher. Yep. And then once you make contact, then the fielders get involved, but it's only one fielder. Ken you know? Rosenthal. MLB Network, I think Fox Sports too. One of the best baseball writers ever, in my opinion. He's always the one to break news first. I think I showed you pictures of him and I at the winter yep. meetings. He made a comment the other day on TV. Somebody brought up kind of what we're talking about. They didn't say baseball purity. They were bringing up the integrity of the game and stuff like that. And he goes, ah, how much integrity do you have when there's profit involved? Ah, He's right. There you go. There but he, made one, he made one comment. He power said, corrupts, absolute power corrupts, absolutely. And, that, and power is, and money is power, right? And he so, said, but even with profit, he said, I would say that the integrity of baseball was probably higher than any other sport. He said, but... When you introduce technology into anything, he said, integrity goes out the window. Yeah. He said, you have an Alexa or something in your home? Guess what? You're being listened to. So the integrity of your privacy has now been compromised, and you don't even realize it. Or do you really even care to acknowledge it? No, because I can sit on my couch and turn my thermostat down by saying, hey, Google, turn he my said, thermostat you down. introduce technology into this? He goes, integrity is nothing more than a word. Yeah. He said it doesn't It's exist how we define anymore. it, and it's what we accept as a society. So, technology that's, has ruined baseball. That's the moral of your <laughs> that's, story. That's that's our closing argument here. Hey, 
Uh, thanks so much, everybody, for listening. Uh, obviously, you know, this is still an ongoing story, although we probably won't dwell on this unless there's uh, uh, other, you know, major things that come out of this. One uh, thing that I think we should do is give them your email address because yep. we, we've kind of given, we've talked about it. We've talked about the facts that are out there, the I guess the still ongoing questions that are out there. The investigation to the Red Sox is still going on. Right. And I've told every, I think I pretty much clearly stated that I have no doubt in my mind that the Red Sox cheated in 18 or else I think it was blatant because of what went on in 19. And I have no doubt in my mind who I think cheated. So I've given my opinion. I'm not saying I'm right, wrong, or indifferent. I've given my opinion. But this is such a hot topic. And baseball fans out there, you know, yes, we have the NFL playoffs going on. NBA is going on, NHL, but baseball fans, this is what they're talking about. And right. there's a lot of you out there that are going to listen to this podcast, we hope, because we like to know that we have listeners out there. Email us. Yeah. Uh, I just set up a new email address. It is outfieldersanonymous.hawk at gmail.com. And listen, I know that there's a lot of people out there because we've both given our, yeah, I mean, we've given our opinion. And again, whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent. There is going to be people out there that flat out disagree with what my opinion is, with what your opinion is. Yeah. And we may disagree with what your opinion is. But we want to hear why and what your opinion is, and we'll talk about it on the next episode. And, you know, if there, we can have some good conversations over email or something, we'll obviously mention uh, when you send any emails, make sure you include any uh, social media um um, you know, tags, uh, names, you know, your yep. hat. If you want to be promoted via be promotable, social media, we'll, we'll have no throw problem it in there. That. And look, if it's, it's good, if it's going to be good material and a great conversation, uh, we can also get a Skype call going. We can record a conversation and, and put that in there. So one thing that, that Hawk and I have talked about is we don't want to beat a dead horse with anything. If like, again, until something else breaks in this story, this conversation that we're having now is essentially over, but you give us a rebuttal. You give us a, a, you know, this, I disagree, here's why, here's what I think. You give us a reason to talk about it and debate it. We'll talk we'll about back. it till we're blue in the face. Yeah. But as far as our opinion, we've given yeah. it. And there's really nothing more to say until something else comes of it, until somebody else makes us change our mind. That's what we want. Change our mind. There you go. All right, Outfielders Anonymous fans, thanks so much. Again, that email is outfieldersanonymous.hawk at gmail.com. And uh, I want to thank uh, ChaseWins.com for sponsoring the show again. Yep. Oh, and yeah. Coupon code Chase54, C-H-A-S-E, the number 5-4, all lowercase. That's 25% off anything at the site. And in closing, we'll have another episode out before this, I'm sure. But the Super Bowl we know now is locked up with the Chiefs and the Niners. Who's your, who's your go-to? Chiefs. All right. I'm going with Niners. So we'll see how that turns out. All right, thanks, everybody. I'm Hawk. I'm Chase. Uh, We'll talk to you later. See you. Peace.